Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is the greatest moment in the history of The Athletic. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite non-award winning hour of fantasy baseball in the entire world. Hey, now. Award nominated hour of fantasy baseball. It's under the radar. With us as always, your friend of mine, Derek Van Riper. Yeah, I mean, if a silver medalist does really well in the Olympics, they don't say I'm a non-gold medalist, right? It's still good. Still really good. We don't know we won the silver. Well, it's the same kind of thing, right? <laughs> you would call Michelle Kwan a non-gold medalist. Ah. Uh, and, uh, and back after his one-week contract holdout, Ian Khan. It's true. I had to hold out. What it didn't give me the opportunity to do was congratulate on the show our partner and friend, Derek Van Riper and Eno and Britt, for their wonderful win. Well-deserved. Uh, made us all look good with it. Uh, really happy for them. And, uh, and tip my hat. Tip my hat to the FSWA winners for 2021, I guess it is, or for the 2020 season. Uh, our boy, man, Nando, our boy, Derek, he, he he took it home. He'd have been, I'm sure, happy to take it home with us as well, but I'm just glad he got one of them, and he really does deserve it. All right. I'm sure it means a lot to him. Hey, man. It's true. That's how I feel. <laughs> I told him that, but I first time I've had a chance to tell him on the show, so I wanted to take my opportunity because I was out last week. I want to thank Mike the Mouth for stepping in. A little mouthy, no doubt. Um, and to give you a quick update, uh, I did I did speak with Mike the Mouth this weekend. We had a we had a good long talk. I enjoyed him. He's a good guy. Uh, he has a lot a lot to offer as a as a person, and I did he did send me the script. We talked about it. Uh, I have given it most of a read, and in fact, I do like it. I ha- and I'm going to send it on to uh, someone else to give it a read as well. Uh, and that's that. And I'll update that further as it goes. But I just wanted to give Mike a shout out. Thank him for coming on. Um, and uh, and there we go. Superplexers was that it? Multiplexers. Multiplexers. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah. It, it has some good stuff in it. It has some good stuff. So, in uh, it. Sure. by the way, thanks to all the uh, Mike the Mouth fans who gave us five star reviews, which actually. Brings me to something I want to. This is a, a segue I just accidentally created. Um, you know, we don't ask you a lot on the show to, uh, to you know give us five star reviews or stuff like that. Uh, listen and uh, you know uh, subscribe, the usual stuff. Um, but here's the thing: there's this baseball pods playoff thing going on right now with a lot of the podcasts, and obviously you know baseball pods. That's our boy. Um, yeah, right, Chris. Yeah, um, you know who takes care of our side bets, and we've mentioned him a few times. It's a great follow, Baseball Pods, at Baseball Pods. Also, it's a good dynasty it's, list. It's just a fantastic, just click on follow when you get the chance. But, uh, you know, the three of us talked, and I think Ian and I talked about this a little more than DVR, Ian and I, but um, we'd like to push everybody to vote for the uh, the podcast that we're facing, not us, if that's cool with everybody. I don't think the voting's actually up yet, right? I think we're up, we're up on Wednesday. All right, yeah, okay, know. yeah, right. I guess he's, he's putting them out one at a time. But uh, look, when, when that does come up, you know, look, we, like we're not saying this like we're cocky, but I think the whole point of this thing is to help elevate um, podcasts you might not know. 
And Chris does a fantastic job of, of just kind of like being the man who aggregates them and looks at them and stuff. Uh, so look, let's push them into the next round. We're, I mean, we're good. We love everybody here. We love you all. We know you would vote for us if we asked you to. So uh, we're asking you to vote for the other guy. Um, with Prospects 1500, I think we're up against. And also, not just vote for them, but but yeah, to listen too. to them, give them a listen. I mean, and that's the point of the prospect po- of of the of the pod tournament. It feels a little awkward, frankly, to advocate for yourself in that spot uh, personally. Like, I don't feel comfortable. Hey, vote for us! Come on, we want to make it through to the next round. I know some people do do that, and that's cool. And I'm no judgment on anybody, but for me, just for me. Uh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. You know, if you listen to our show, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, if people catch on to the show, that's awesome. Uh, but not not to, I, I, I don't know, it's something about my past history and sort of like, you know, we do what we do. We're, we're grateful for what we do. Uh, and, and we're in support of Chris for sure and grateful to Chris for everything he's done for our show. And give 1500, Prospect 1500 a listen. And if you want to vote for them, that's yeah. great. You know, as as you will, as you will, and we'll do the same in the next round. We're going to do the same throughout because wh- one of the things that I love about the fantasy uh, world when it's at its best is that it's a brotherhood. There's enough competition in the game itself. Um, you know, and the FSWAs was kind of fun, but there was no like, you know, you you, you don't try to win. You, like, you just you you nominate your you you ask to be nominated, you get nominated. That's it. Like you don't do anything else. You send in your your thing, but. I don't feel comfortable saying, hey, and I don't see it necessarily as uh, indicative necessarily of, anyway, that's 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 how I feel. You know, I mean, that's my feeling on it. But with great love and respect for everybody, I think it's a lot of fun. And I do most importantly think it's an opportunity for people to listen to podcasts that otherwise they would not have been exposed to. All good. Yeah. Love it. I love so it. So I'm exactly the same way. I, like Chris has been amazing, like setting up the side bets for us. We didn't even ask him to do it. He's like, hey, I'll do it. Uh, so we want to support him, but I'm like Ian, like, I'm like eh, vote for us, vote for the vote for the futures focus podcast. It's prospects 1500, um, and actually the dude who runs prospects 1500 is a big cards guy too. So yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah. I dug deep. I'm like, oh, let me see more here. I like that site. I, I like that site. 1500 prospect 1500. I do I do go there from time to time to see what they're thinking. I mean, they're deep. He's talking like college. All players. good. Like this is that's a very deep. Um, it's got a, under the radar. People could like. probably appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. All right, there we DVR, go. DVR, you got any comments on here, or uh, you being quiet? I don't think DVR agrees with us, but it's two to one. So I'm really pretty indifferent to it. I think it's a lot of fun <laughs> for some people, and it's cool to listen as to new shows. As long as Rates and Barrels makes it to the second round, I mean, it. There are a bunch of great pods out there, so whatever happens, happens in the for bracket. Sure. Have fun with it. Find some new shows. Find some new follows. And, and yeah. thanks to Chris for putting it out there because Chris goes out and elevates all of our work just on his own. That's a really cool thing. Most people don't take the time to do that. So I appreciate that. So have as much fun with that bracket as you possibly can. All right. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let's move on to uh, – so on today's show, we got a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna We're going to get to Ian's rankings announcement in a little bit. Um, but, I mean, as you all probably know, Ian's going to be writing his dynasty rankings at The Athletic this year. And the draft kit comes out on Wednesday. Uh, if you listen – I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. I don't know when you listen to this. But comes out Wednesday. With a lot of good stuff and a lot of new writers, um, not just Ian. There are three other members of the class of 2021 who you'll learn about uh, yes. tomorrow. But um, I'm going to say that just for a little bit because you know that's a teaser. And we got yep. we got Sounds some emails, good. we got some questions, um, we have some players we didn't get to last week with Mike the Mouth, uh, and DVR can't push them down any more than he already has. So we're going to get on that. The first thing I want to get to though, and I know this story is a couple days old, but. 
that Mariners, uh, that Mariners mess. Um, I, I know the whole thing was on Kevin Mather, right? Like everyone, oh, Kevin Mather, what an idiot. You know, he's got to resign, and he did. But like, if you actually read his comments, uh, this was like a very honest assessment of his, you know, for good or for bad, that a lot of fantasy players can read into. So like, once you get past all the anger of Kevin Mather, I mean, he was saying great things about Luis Torrens. He was talking about Logan Gilbert being in the rotation by like May, and he was really bullish on Mitch Haniger uh, coming back and having yep. an All Star season. And like, I mean, so you know, I read it obviously for sport to see like what did this guy say like at this luncheon that everyone's up in arms about. But it, like, I was actually reading it and pulling more like he Luis Torrens he thinks is going to be sharing the backstop for like the next four or five years. Logan Gilbert he thinks is going to be amazing and in the rotation, and Mitch Haniger. And, and I mean, he might just be pumping up his own guys, but. He did kind of remind us, like, Mitch Hanniger was an all-star. And he had just, like, two really bad strings of terrible luck. Um, and if he comes back, man, Mitch Hanniger is super underrated. DVR, I'll go to you first. The Mariners are an interesting team. I mean, before Kevin Mather's meltdown, which was an idiotic rant, it, it was unfiltered, if nothing else. And I think there was way more honesty than we were used to getting from someone in a front office. And again, ugly honesty mixed in as well. But to your point, Nando, you had a guy who was out there describing in detail the plans his organization had for manipulating (laughs) service time, which is basically a cheat sheet for anybody who's interested in when these players are coming up to go, oh, well, this was their plan. Okay, Kelnick's going to be an early call up in April. He's very much draftable and redraft. If you had any doubts about it, now you feel really good about it, right? Uh, Gilbert is a guy that maybe if you were on the fence for AL only end game or reserve, you would go ahead and draft him now. Uh, you know, so I, I do think there there was some odd, honest information in there for for fantasy owners to walk away with. Uh, he also gave a ton of ammunition to the players' association for the upcoming CBA negotiation on his way out the door. So, uh, good good job there, buddy. Uh, but I think there's a bunch of players in this team that are, are worth talking about. I mean, I know Ty France is a guy you've liked for a long time. He's going to get a chance to play, right? You have you have situations like that, but you've got young guys too. You know, Julio Rodriguez, I've heard him described, I think it was, it might have been on a Keith Law pod. He, he was the top prospect that Keith thought was most impacted by not having a year of development in 2020. That's not to say that everyone wasn't impacted, but a guy that had a lot to prove moving up to double A last year, we're kind of left not knowing how much he was able to accomplish at the alternate site. And as a result, you know, his chances of debuting even prior to Kevin Mather's comments, I think, were a little more up in the air than than Kelnick's by comparison, right? So, you know, we're looking at this this team and it's like there are young prospects, there are former prospects, even guys like like JP Crawford for deeper leagues, Dylan Moore, who is a good story in the shortened season, Kyle Lewis, who is a an early draft pick years ago was finally healthy last season. Uh, forgotten players like Jake Fraley, who might find some playing time for a brief stretch at least this season. And then you've got the next wave of guys who haven't come up yet. I mean, Noel V. Marte and George Kirby. Uh, so this is an organization that's on the uh, rise. Ty France. I, I mentioned Ty France. I was the I first wanna, guy I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, didn't, it seemed like you just passed him over, though. No, Ty France is one of those guys that he's his window to hit is maybe this year only or half of this year like he because he doesn't have a clear-cut good defensive position even though he can play a few he has to hit and he has to hit a lot to kind of crystallize his place in the Mariners long-term plans because of all the other players coming up behind him but he's mashed in the upper levels of the minors so I, I think he's interesting I, I think he's one of those Nando guys that I look at and yes. I nod along I'm like yeah I'm, I'm in on Ty France where he's going I think he makes sense 
Uh, it, I mean, knowing that it's Kyle Seeger's last year, as Mather <laughs> pointed out, <laughs> the sky's the limit for, for Ty France. All right, sorry, DVR, I cut you off. Go ahead, continue your continue your, the monologue. It was good. No, I mean I that's it. that's pretty much it. I mean, like it, it, it's it's really across every position. They've got something or someone that's pretty interesting. They have a job battle. They have multiple prospects in some cases vying for those opportunities. I mean, if Dylan Moore doesn't stick at second base, it could be France or it could be Shed Long, who at least was a back end top one hundred prospect not that long ago. And I I just think it's it's exciting to have a team where you're not just wondering who the next guy actually is. There are names on this depth chart that you want to see get an opportunity. Ian, are like listening to this, and I know, you know, we'll we'll probably do our traditional over under show uh, in a couple weeks. But um I mean are you like me, I'm getting a little hyped for the Mariners. Um and I know it's sad that it had yeah. to come out of this ridiculous moment in time. Uh but you know, like just frankly, this is this is fantasy gold. And I'm going to, you know, I, Logan Gilbert, I've moved up maybe like 100 spots on, on my rankings. Yeah, I mean, let me speak first just to watching the video because I saw this thing. As soon as it came out, it came out on, I think he said it Friday and it came out on Sunday on Twitter. And it said, this guy just tells you everything. This says Kalenic's not, this is what I read. Kalenic decided not to sign this the eight-year contract, so he's not going to be coming up. And there's a video of this. So I was like, oh, wow, all right. And oh, Matt, okay, I'm gonna boom, press the video. Watching this was like watching a car chase in LA when I used to live out there, right? They, they, they show car chases and a fast one where you know the thing is gonna explode. It's both fascinating to watch and deeply depressing because of the incendiary comments of, of the man. Um, and, and, and ridiculously honest. I mean, him basically saying Kellenick is betting on himself. We'll see if he's right. I was just like, ooh, that's bad. Then when he gets into the Julio Rodriguez, ooh, that's bad. And he gets in, he says, Kyle Seeger, this will be Kyle Seeger's last year in Seattle. Ooh, that's bad. Like everything he said. I was like, are you really saying this? Like, don't, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you doing? It also, you know, him talking about Hanniger and he's going to be an all-star this year. It's like, slow down. The man hasn't seen pitching in two years. And when he was there, he wasn't at the all-star level. I, I, I actually think watching that, it it actually told me everything that I wanted to know about the Seattle Mariners. He basically said, we're looking for a second baseman. That made me drop Dylan Moore <laughs> in my, and you in my estimation. Moore. Because you know, I like I loved Dylan Moore last year for free. Loved him. Loved him. Loved him last year for free. This year, he's not for free. Do I love him at the price? I don't. And then after seeing what Mather said... It became pretty clear. Uh, the Seeger, the Seeger situation was insane. Him talking about Kikuchi and saying uh, that he, you know, he wasn't really good, and and that he was annoyed about the, you know, the, the translator. No, that was, was just that was insane. Uh, okay, but all all of it, it was just it was just rude. It was wrong and fascinating to watch. So I ended up watching most of it, and then I think I got called, family thing called me away. Um, but sit up, but okay. So I uh, Kalanick. No, no setups. Uh, Kellenick, yeah, coming up apparently April. As soon as that clock changes, April sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth certainly becomes a redraft target. I got a I got a text message from a uh, a guy I'm in a dynasty league in, with who said, "Well, Julio Rodriguez is not coming up this year. That's pretty clear. You want please trade him to me, right? You know." So there's a lot of news that came out of that. It was like you really got the inside scoop on what 
the the Seattle Mariners were thinking. Do I think that they're viable for this year to make the playoffs? No. He even said that himself. He said, I feel like we're a year away, but there's a long-term goodness happening in Seattle. I do agree with that. And I do think that there's a lot of upside moving forward in Seattle. I think he was talking up Evan White like Evan White was the greatest thing. And I think that's because he's got a seven-year contract with the kid. Uh, But he was like, Evan White can hit. Look at the underlying numbers. I mean, it was really interesting. It was really, it was like, huh, I, I, I think you're, you're, you're t- tough dude to be saying the things you're saying, but I'm kind of interested to hear it. So that was my take takeaway. I think 2022 is a good year for the Mariners, and I think 2024 is going to be amazing. I, uh, I agree. I'm excited to see what their over-under is going to be because it just seems like they have pieces that can come together um, kind of on the down low, on the down low. 76, 77. I mean, it's not a great division, so maybe a little higher. Maybe they get up to 82. I mean, but do I see them winning the division? I don't. I I think the pitching isn't there. I don't think the pitching is there. And a lot of moving pieces. I do think Ty France is going to play, and I think third base in 2022 is a possibility. Um, I was disappointed to hear him say that they need to get another second baseman. And and he's just like, but the the most newsworthy thing was the Kalanick sort of saying, Dylan Moore might start in left field for a few weeks. And then Jared Kalanick will be up and we're going to, and then, you know, who knows in six years, maybe he'll still be mad at us. It was really weird to watch. It was a weird power play. I, I it was weird. Uh, I don't know. I just, I guess he thought like no one would be recording this, you know, like if this was live, he'd just be talking and it would be normal. No one would ever hear about it. It's what he did. He, he was talking with completely, as, as DVR said, completely yeah. unfiltered, completely unfiltered, like Mike the mouth. It was like Mike the mouth, but from the president of you know, Seattle, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Let's, let's talk about Yohan Mankata. Um, you know, there's no segue for this. He's just next on the, the rundown in my stream of consciousness. That I was putting it together because I like, I guess maybe the theme is under undervalued. No one's paying attention to things. Um, like Yohan Mankata has, has talked about how COVID really messed him up last year. Um, you know, in terms of just like not being right and being foggy and stuff like that. And I just, I, people aren't on him for whatever reason this year. And they've already forgotten the, the season that he had two years ago. Um, I know there are a lot of factors in Chicago, you know, some other bats, uh, Luis, which I mean, should help him, but Luis Robert, um, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, and Yon Mike, like that's like a very, very dangerous group. Tim Anderson, yeah. Nick Madrigal. I mean, it's a great line. Uh, great and team. Vaughn on his great way up. Team. I mean, it, you know, it's, and it's. And, and they're talking about Vaughn actually uh, coming up and starting the season. Like Rick Hahn said that. He said it looks like he has a good chance to make the team, which makes sense because the Encarnacion spot is empty. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really – that's a really Let's interesting Let's wait and see what Rick says at the luncheon uh, before we make these kind of declarative statements. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I mean, managed by the guy who managed the Bash Brothers, which is very interesting and fun. That's bizarre. It's also that's bizarre. Also weird. But, I mean, like, are we <laughs> undervaluing Yoma Kata? I mean, is this, is this like someone who's just going to step up and next year would be like, well, man, we should have taken him in, like, the top 25 because he's – I'm going to let amazing. DVR go first because my take is bizarre. Go ahead, DVR. Uh, I mean, the Mankata thing is tough because I think 2019 was already the type of season where you looked at it and said, okay, this was really good, but is this sustainable? He's not the player he was in 2020. I think he's been really honest about how much COVID impacted him. It impacted how he was working out. It sapped his strength. That supported pretty clearly in stat cast numbers and the overall performance, right? It's not it's not hard to see how that is true. How much of what he did in 2019 is sustainable? I think that's the the better question. That was a question we would have been asking last draft season too. So we're kind of right back to the same place we were 
this time last year. He's still pretty young. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's in a good lineup that has a high volume of playing time. So counting stats should be good. The exit velocity numbers are there, even if the K rate stays high. So you're probably getting a better batting average than you should for a guy that strikes out maybe 30% of the time. You got down below that in that great 2019 season. The price right now in February, if you're drafting Yohan Mankata, ADP is pick 85 in the NFBC since February 1st. At the price, I could see drafting him there. I don't think he's a steal or a, a must-draft player at that price, but I think he's appropriately priced and would be solid. I mean, think, think about him compared to Nick Castellanos, who goes near him, right? Similar run production. Mancata, I think, has a little more raw power. Castellanos has done it for a little longer, so you get a little more floor with Castellanos, but you get a little more ceiling with Mancata. He was going, what, 40 picks earlier last year? Mancata versus Lourdes Gurriel. Like, that's, for me, that's Mancata. That's a pretty easy call. And they're right next to each other. And you get a couple guys that do different things, like Jeff McNeil and Charlie Blackman. So if you're trying to make up some ground and batting average, you're not looking for as much power, maybe you pivot and go to one of those guys instead of Mankata. But it really, to me, seems like an appropriate discount for a player that did have some questions to be asked coming off that great 2019 season anyway. I'm about to say something that's, in, that's very uh, bizarre. I saw something last week about Yoan Mankata that changed how I think about him as a, as a, as a target for me this season. Okay, for sure. Um, Good or bad? Yoan Mankata's new music video will get you pumped for the White Sox season. Did you guys see this video? <laughs> I'm no. sorry, man. I missed BuzzFeed the last few weeks. That's okay. It's uh, It started out as a hobby, meaning I always love to sing at home. Mankata says, but one day I published a song on Instagram singing one of the songs, and he responded to me. We talked about getting together for a song when I was in Miami. That opened the door for me. That's how I got my first song. This... Uh, Sorry. Is the song any good? I, 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 I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, sure. It's good. Uh, but what struck me was baseball is a very hard sport. And it requires – and you could people can come back at me about this, and I respect their opinion. I'm just giving my opinion on this. As soon as I saw that he was trying to be a pop star at the same time as trying to be a professional baseball player, uh, he went down in my rankings personally. They're my rankings, and they went down personally because I said, if you're not, if I know what it is to try to make it in the world of arts, you really got to dedicate yourself to that. And if you're dedicating yourself to that, then you're not thinking about baseball 24 7 in the way that I would hope that you would, especially coming off a tough season where you were injured. And I watched the video and I just thought, yeah. You're thinking about other stuff, and that's fine. You're allowed to, but it's also fine for me to then shift my opinion slightly on him and sort of say, he's not for me. And and, and he could have an amazing season, and maybe him focusing on music is, uh, is, is a way forward for him to sort of take his mind off his troubles with the bat. I just would rather him focus on the bat. And focus on the game. And if you watch the video, you know, it's it's uh, him dancing in front of like six women in bathing suits and stuff. And I just sort of went, okay, good good on Yohan Mankata, but not not as good for me in terms of I want to target him when there are so many other third basemen late that I kind of like. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not going to waste my draft capital at that time on a player. Like hit that. number 25 on Billboard's uh, top tropical good for him. songs. So he's gonna once he once he's at there, then he's gonna be doing concerts. He's gonna be doing stuff, and and that takes a certain amount of focus away. It's a little bit, a little bit for me. Like when Matt Kemp dated Rihanna, you're going into a different world. And now, obviously, he's not dating a music star. Now he's becoming a music star, 
when you get into that world, having been, you know, you're living in a different world than the baseball world. That's it. I don't know. Does that sound crazy to you guys? Or does it sound a little too puritanical on my part? It's just my vibe. It just made me go, ooh, I'm not sure about Moncada. If you take him, great. I'm not saying he, I don't say sell him cheap. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for me, it makes me take a step back from him in 2021. You know, I got to apologize because I was looking up all the stories on this. Did you read, I assume you're reading off the MLB.com article, right? I, I don't know. No, I, 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 I literally saw the video and went, oh my God. Did you hear, I mean, the, the clincher quote that he had on MLB.com was, I'm concentrating on baseball and that's what's most important, Mankata said. After the season is over, then I'll make a few more songs, but everything is little by little. I'm a better baseball player that sings a little bit. Does that make you feel any better? Does that make you feel better? It does, actually. It makes me feel at least he's he's uh, taking the putting the focus in the appropriate place. I don't know. I mean, is that it's how I play the game, right? It's always you how win. I play the game, and you win. I'm always well, I'm, but but it's how I play the game, which is I look at the person and see what's going on for the person at that time. Because I think who you are matters over a course of 162 games. DVR, do you think you heard that whole thing? Do you think that's crazy or is there just a, a, a speck of possible value to what I said? I don't have a lot of concerns about a player having a side hobby like that. I mean, that uh-huh. it's sort of like what Didi Gregorius learned how to play piano when he was rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. And I wouldn't have argued that Didi wasn't taking his rehab seriously because I he wouldn't was argue how to that play either. the piano, right? Like it's. I actually think it's good for a player to have other outlets like that, creative outlets, whatever it might be, other hobbies to you know break up the time when they're not training. So I I wouldn't see that and have any sort of negative reaction to it at all. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, listen, and like I said at the top, I could be wrong about this. I think it's a it's a bit of a out there take. It's just what instantly hit me. I went, ooh, coming off of that season, I'd love to, you know, it's just. It's a different world out there. It's just a different world. But again, I might be being remarkably puritanical here and 100% dead wrong. It's just when I saw that it was on the rundown, I went, that's what I'm going to talk about. I'll give him this. Like three years ago, right? Right after the 2018 season, everyone's talking about how much he struck out and how much he didn't walk. And, you know, like he's, oh, it's a hopeless cause. And there were a bunch of stories about how he went in the offseason and made a point. You know, went to Chicago, moved to Chicago or whatever. Uh, worked with the hitting coaches. I think it was Don Cooper at the time was still there and just like really went like in and, and figured out how to walk more and be more patient and not strike out as much. And he did it. And that's, you know, he broke out in 2019 because of that. So I think if he didn't have that in his past, I would be like, all right, maybe. But the fact that he recognized it and took the time and like fixed these flaws in his game that everyone was chirping about after 2018, uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe he gets a pass for me. For me. Cool. I'm not trying to. Sounds yeah, good. For me. Sounds good. That's all. No, no. And and look, I mean, the 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 thing about our show, the thing about any show, is you're sharing your opinion in that moment. I mean, I may come out and see him in his first game in spring training and say, "Wow, look at him. He's in the best shape I've ever seen him in." He's like, you know, bulldogging it. It was just when I saw the video that was my first hit. I was like, "Ooh, man." You know, you're going to be, which which would you rather, you know? Like, would you rather be the greatest third baseman in baseball or would you rather be the number one pop star in the world? That's actually a good Don't question. Know. What would you rather be, Ian? Best third baseman in baseball, for All sure. Right, you, can be pop, you can go back when you're 50 and do, like, pop star reunion tours and stuff. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. Ain't nobody wants to see my <laughs> I'm just dumbass. saying. I mean, you know, that like... Yeah, no, no. It, for me, and and for him again, this just a it's it's a thought. It's a thought that I had, but I'm good. I don't understand this next on the rundown from Zach Buchanan's D back preview. Who are we talking about here? Oh my bad. Yeah, that was Starling Marte. So, I'm sorry, Kettle Marte. So here, I, I, 
I want to hit that, and then I want to get into the Ian rankings. And then I think we can skip the Austin Riley and, and Greg Bird, CJ Crone stuff for now and get some questions. Um, I also have answers from our listeners uh, on the D- when DVR says something genius, what we should say. I did. Uh, we do have three of those. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to share. So let me just hit this quick because I, I just read it this morning. Um, Kettle Marte, Zach Buchanan did a story. It was a Diamondbacks preview. Uh, it pops up in our fantasy section if you want to check it out. But um, it, it's he basically previewed the whole thing and said the offense is kind of geared toward Kettle Marte right now. Even the defense, the way they're going to work the defense um, is, is going to be kind of geared toward making Kettle Marte comfortable. And so here's the quote. Um, the 27-year-old is ready to put his 2020 struggles behind him. Last year in a 60-game schedule, I tried to be aggressive early, he said, via an interpreter explaining his walk numbers. I'm expecting to have another season like 2019 with my approach and, more importantly, my health. Uh, the first half of that caught me. Like, he was being aggressive early because it was a 60-game season. And I feel like – I'm going to put it this way. So tonight I'm doing this uh, – the FSGA, there's like a, um, a betting contest uh, where you have to pick a bunch of props, uh, you know, futures – um, and assign dollar values to them by depending on which round you pick. So it's like a draft. So I'm picking very uh, last. I think I'm picking 12th, and then it snakes back to me with the first pick of the next round. But I've got my eye on $300. Pete Alonso leading the major league in uh, leading the major leagues in home runs um, by the All Star break, and I'm sorry, leading the National League in home runs by the All Star break. Uh, and I think it's going to fall to me because I don't think people believe in him. But I, like I feel like more and more 2020, I'm just giving a pass to. Because of things like this, like what Kettle Marte just said, I was being aggressive early on. It was a 60-game season, and it backfired on him. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, I'm going to go back to what worked for me the year before because it's not a bizarro season. Is this – I mean, are we going to see more of this? Is this is this proof that maybe we should just be discounting 2020 a little more than we are, DVR? I think the last part of what Marte said was pretty interesting too. He was hurt last year. He had a wrist injury, and we know wrist injuries are one of the many injuries that sap power from a player – I think there's a little bit of a Mancata similarity just in that you have a guy that had reached a career high in 2019 and then fell very far short of that. Just two homers last season from Cattell Marte. One stolen base, right? I mean, I would have figured if he wasn't hitting for power, he would have been stealing bases. He didn't do it, either one of those things. I look at this, I think I think he's a good bounce-back target as well in the same range. I mean, like they're both they're both in the pick 80 range. I'm happy with Marte in that spot because I think the floor is really good. I like Mancata better because I think Mancata brings a more sustainable ceiling. One thing I didn't say when we were talking about Mancata, he runs a little bit more in a typical season than people realize. 12 steals in 2018, 10 steals in 2019. I didn't even attempt to steal in the shortened season, so we'll see if he if he has to run as much this year. Maybe with the offense being better, you know, he ticks down to the 6 to 8 range, but it's still it's not a zero in that category most seasons to go with that power. So I would give the edge to Moncada, but I think Cattell Marte is at least comparable to uh, like a Jeff McNeil who goes in that same range. So viable for sure. Ian, do you, I mean, I know you like to get a little more uh, earthy like me. Like, is this going to be a mindset of a lot of players? Like I just, I came into 2019 swinging as hard as I could at everything. And you know, that's why my numbers sucked. I mean, maybe. And, and actually uh, I, I, I like reading that 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 he's and I liked hearing what DVR said about about the wrist 
because it was such a disappointing season from Kendall Marte last year that I did discount him quite a bit. Um, and and actually, if I were had my choice in a draft between Marte and Moncada, I would take Marte. And the reason I would is not because of the music video. It's because second base is um, it's just harder to fill with a good piece, right? I mean, once you get past LeMahieu, Albies, uh, and you could argue Altuve, go back and forth on Altuve. There's really just not that much depth at that position. Whereas, again, at third base, I think it's a deep position to to an extent. It doesn't go so deep unless there are guys you like towards the end, which I really kind of do. So um, for me, Kettle Marte, I'll give him a bit of a pass on last year with the upside that that he could fit uh, this year and, and have a real bounce back. Sure, I do. I do think that. I'm, I'm more keen on Marte and his floor than the possibility of Moncada's ceiling right now. But I could be wrong, but that's where I'm at right now. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's move on. to. I, I think you just gave a quick answer because you wanted to get to your rankings. So <laughs> No. I think no, I know what's up. Yeah. It's all I had. It's all I had. <laughs> um, let's go. So uh, this is – and I'm, like, I'm not saying, you know, I would, I would tell you the truth if I didn't feel this way or I just wouldn't say anything. Ian has come up with – a brilliant idea for how he's going to present his dynasty rankings this year that we don't think has ever been done before. Um, at least Ian doesn't. And on a cursory Google search, I didn't find anything. So, you know, take the floor, man. This is very exciting stuff. And it's going to be up, well, I don't know if you're, by Wednesday. By Wednesday morning, when everybody wakes up, Ian's dynasty rankings are going to be there for the taking. Uh, and I believe, I'm pretty sure, like, all the stories have a special subscription offer if you're not already subscribed. But uh, DVR, don't we have a special code? Do we still do that? Yeah, theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast, I believe, is the URL. <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to know this stuff. I don't know. It, that wasn't like a clever setup for DVR. I honestly no, don't know. That's, I can never that's what it is. I, I, we, have, we have promo codes like that, and then we have some other survey links and different things, and then we have actual ad read codes. That's why I, I confuse stuff all the time. But yes, that is that is the correct URL. All right, check that out. Um, or just click on Ian's column tomorrow and, and subscribe off of that if you're not a subscriber already. Sweet. Uh, all right, Ian, like you it. got the floor, man. Go go for it, man. This is a, this is a big moment for all, all of us right. here. I mean, all right, let's not oversell it too hard. But um, this is the greatest moment of the history of the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, I think it was in uh, September, August of last year, and Ariel Cohen and I were talking and he, and he, I'm not going to do the impression right now. I'm not, I'm still working on it. Still working on it. Um, and he asked me, he said, you know, Ian, wouldn't it make more sense to have two sets of dynasty rankings, a, a set that's for regular rankings, and then also a set that's for rebuilding teams. So really a set for competing teams and a set for rebuilding teams. And I was like, Ariel, shut up. It's like, just, I'm too busy to do one. And then as I was thinking about moving over from uh, when we made the move to move to RotoWire, and I, 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 in the moment I said, it's a good idea, but I don't want to do it. And then as we were moving over, I thought to myself, it's a good idea and I do want to do it. So what I decided to do uh, in to bring to The Athletic, which is a little bit different, I think, is that idea to uh, do two sets of rankings. So we have your basic dynasty rankings that you, you would see on my old... At Rotowire, I used to do just a basic set. These are the top guys. Uh, so we have that. But we also have one that is specifically for rebuilding teams. Now, here's what gets really important. If you look at both sets of rankings, right, and you see that Jacob deGrom 
is at 39 on the rebuild ranking and that Bobby Witt is at 40 on the rebuild ranking. If you go by that list and you have Jacob deGrom and you get Bobby Witt, you're doing it wrong. Don't do that. All trade values go to the other list. The rebuild list is for startup dynasty leagues, the guys that you want to target. So at 39, I have Jacob deGrom down there. You're not because I don't want you to take pitching at all because you're rebuilding or you're starting from scratch. And if you start from scratch, you do not want to take pitchers, period. Because pitchers, young pitchers are going to either struggle or get Tommy John. Older pitchers are either going to, you know, fall off a little bit or get Tommy John. But either way, most likely someone's going to get Tommy John and then your investment just drops by 80%. So when you're in that rebuild place, you don't want to be drafting starting pitchers. You don't want to be drafting closers. And you don't really want to be drafting catchers unless you're doing Adley Rutschman, in which case there is some upside there. Otherwise, it's just a, it's a tough position to cover. So here's the cool, what I think I hope is cool. You look and you say, all right, I, I I want Bobby Witt Jr. Where is he on that list? Where is he on the comp- competing list? At 75, where is DeGrom on the competing list? I think at 19 or 20, something like that. So then you, you make that trade based on that, 21 to 75. So you're going to need to get another top 40 player or top 50 player or two t- more prospects or three more prospects, depending on how it plays out to get to Jacob DeGrom. But the one thing to be mindful of is you don't want to use the rebuild list for your prices. That's not what it's there for. It's there to show you, in my opinion, just my opinion, who you want. That's who you want next. So like uh, here, I'm going to pull it up for a second. Uh, so on the rebuild list, you've got Jared Kalenic at 16. Julio Rodriguez at 17. Marco Luciano at 18. Well, Kalenic will be happy about that. Well, in April, he will be. And then you've got somebody on this list like uh, Jacob deGrom, 39. Uh, pitching. Push pitching down. Just keep pushing pitching down. Luis Castillo is at 48. So the, the prospects on that list, I want you to take them. That's the point. Because DeGrom's going to be gone by the time you get to 38. There's no chance you're going to get him. You're not going to get Luis Castillo at 48. He's going to be gone. You want to focus on the young bats, and the list is set up for that. So that's the idea behind it. I hope you like it. Uh, I, I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to say, this is insane, and I'll be very happy to do my best to answer in the comments uh, any questions that you have. And I'm really excited to uh, to be working at the athletic, it's a it's a cool uh, to be a contributor, I should say, to be a contributor at the athletic. It's a it's a really cool thing. So thanks, and that's that's what we're doing. We're all contributors in our own little way, you know. Any any questions or or like further clarifications on on, on it, or did I do a decent job explaining it? I thought that was fantastic. And but you read the article. DVR did not read. Yeah, good the point. Article. Yeah, actually, yeah. I so like you, you got a newer. You're my editor. <laughs> you're the editor who pointed out you spelled DeGrom wrong every time. Every time. True. Every time. Well, if I misspelled it once, it means I was anyway. DVR, go. Any thoughts? <laughs> I love the concept. I have not seen the execution yet, but I mean, I know having seen Dynasty rankings you've done in the past, they're going to be great. So uh, I think it makes way more sense having multiple lists than trying to jam all of the possible strategies from a dynasty league into one list. I think a list of rankings, this is coming from someone who does redraft rankings, it's really hard to communicate all the different ways you would need to rethink something on the list throughout the way. It's impossible. You can't do it, right? We were just talking about the the Cattell Marte, Yoan Mankata thing in a redraft, and when you look at that pocket, how there's different types of players. There are batting average first guys that have less power 
and decent run production. But then there's the low average, big power guys. And then there's starting pitchers in that range. And when you rank players all against each other, there's not a great way to tell people, if you've done this so far, go here instead, right? I mean, like there's there's so little that separates players that are near each other in a ranking. So I, I'm starting to think about this from a redraft perspective, and, and maybe there's not an obvious apples-to-apples apples sort of adjustment, but I love having lists that are going to provide some context just by the very nature of how they're structured because it's very difficult to convey that nuance otherwise. Should we make them two separate? Should we make them two separate columns or put them in just one? No, 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 no. They go, they go in the same column because I don't want people to get confused. And at the top, it says, "Stop, read this, please read this," or you're going to set yourself up for a world of trouble. I just want to point out one player that's on two different lists. Um, Darvish is at 134 on the rebuild, and I think 56 on 59 on the regular dynasty list. Because you don't want you Darvish on your team if you're rebuilding. And there's no chance, zero chance that you're going to get him at 139. Also, what hopefully the list will do is tell you who to target. Like, I I just, it's there to say, if you're rebuilding in Dynasty Leagues, which I'm a fan of, do it smartly. Don't get caught in the, uh, in the joy of it. Like, that's the danger, right? We've talked about this on the show before, that once you make that first trade, it feels so good, right? Especially if you make a good trade, that you just, you want it. You want more Pringles, baby. Give me the Pringles. Give me the Pringles. Give me the Pringles. More trades. And then when you're in that place, you might emotionally make a trade just to make a trade. I've seen that happen to too many good players. It's like being opposite tilt in poker where you're just like, ah, give it to me. Give it to me. I want to play. I want to play. I want to make trades. That's when you start forcing things when you get into trouble. So anyway, this is the, that, that's the, that's the idea behind it. And, uh, and that's that, that's it. That's the list. I like it. I'm excited. All right. Uh, I haven't actually seen the rankings yet. I've only seen the, uh, the introduction. So I'm excited to see the rankings. Just see where some of my guys are. You ask a question, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right uh, now. Ryland Bannon. <laughs> did he make it? No, sir. Uh, <laughs> he did not. How about Jose de Leon? Uh, no, sir. He didn't. All right. All right. No, though, though I, I am, I, I do like that Jose de Leon and I like that play. It's a, it's, yeah. So you want to hear, you want to hear a quick a mess up before we go to the email questions that I made? Sure. Yes. Um, we're doing another, Vicaro and I do three $150 draft champions every year. You know, we do one early, we do one middle and we do one late. And so we're in the middle one right now. Um, and once again, he kind of left me without a lot of catcher middle infielders. So I got to pick up and pick up and pick up. Uh, but I did like sticking in my head was like, I got to get De Leon early because he got sniped from me last time in the 34th round. And I think, so I grabbed him in the 34th round, uh, and then remember that it was a 43rd and I had just transposed the numbers. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm in Whoops. the midst RDI, which is the, uh, the, the Dynasty League, the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational that I shared a team with James Anderson for the last three years. That league folded, um, which was it is what it is. And and but we are now doing a four hundred dollar draft champions together and having a good amount of fun. Um, and we are in the fourteenth round right now. Who are you so doing it with? Are, uh, James, oh, I'm sorry, James Anderson. Ding, James Anderson. Ding, and I are doing uh, a four hundred dollar draft champions currently. TVR, why don't you give us a question from Jordy? All right, Jordy is curious if we have any interest in Sheldon Noisy as a Dodger. Now, he sent this question before they brought back Justin Turner. I replied to him via email real quick and said, are you still interested in Sheldon Noisy? And the answer was, well, sort of. So, uh, what, a guy, the reason, what a nice thing to do, man. 
Yeah. That was just bad like, timing. Holy crap. Yeah, but I mean, like, just for you to write back and be like, hey, you know. No, do, do you still care about this player? And like, yeah, that's I, I kind of do. The, dude, that's why he's the Chibata. That's, that's why, why he's award-winning. That, I mean, yeah. It's why he's Derek Van Riper and why we're just, we got lucky. He could have done better. And apparently he already has. Um, my Tico, feeling on sh- Would you rather oh, be ahead. a pop star or a third baseman? Best third baseman in baseball for five years. I got, I, I'm going to put $100 on this answer. 12-year career. Oh, hold on. 12-year career. Uh, for five years, you are the best. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the time, you know, you're good. You're serviceable. You maybe finish your career with a 222 average and 200 at-bats. Uh, people argue if you should be a Hall of Famer or not. Or huge pop star. Okay, uh, ball player, I'll be it's, mostly forgotten it's... after I'm done playing, and I would really prefer that. It's not <laughs> even close the, for me. It was like, it's not, that's, that was like I was going to give 101 odds on that. Like, I, I knew the answer to that one. In all, oh, I guess we have to ask you now, Nando. You got five years as the best third baseman in baseball, a nice 12-year <laughs> career. You make $100 million. Or you are a pop star. You make $100 million, and you travel the globe. Which do you pick? I Actually... No, no, no. Which, which, Nando, who do you pick? Oh, I'm just laughing because I think it's the opposite likelihood that you go the other direction. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of I, exactly, exactly. Yeah, man. I think you know, pop star. <laughs> See? Spend a little more time with your family, uh, but I mean, you, can, uh, you, you can really don't tap into your pop stardom for the rest of your life and be set for generations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, hundred million dollars like, like set White for generations. Like whatever White I, says, twenty-four million gets you uh, set for life. Fifty-five million gets your family and your grandkids set for life. Yeah, it's overrated. No, no, I don't think you ever get to turn it off if you reach pop star level. I think a ball player, you can be a great ball player for a decade, and eventually you get your life back. I don't think a pop star ever gets their life back. Mike Schmidt is not being chased. The earnings potential with pop stardom is like seven times. I mean, you can just keep dipping into that well, man. Yeah, I'm not disputing that at all. I mean, I think. The ceiling is almost limitless, but I don't want that life. Yeah, I mean, if you said, to, I mean, life I, is whatever you want to make it, really. So yeah, I'm I'm with DVR for sure on this one. I'm I'm I would not want to be a pop star, not even for a day. Like I would not choose that life. All right, let me just, just before crazy. we answer the, the question, and I'm sorry, Jordy, but this is I need to know this now uh, because you think like a guy like Kevin Costner, who had the fame and then moved yep. out to like some ranch in Montana, and I mean, he's even doing a show out in Montana now. Um, which, by the way, great show. I don't know if anyone's watching Yellowstone, but it's great. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just gonna put put him, let me put him then against third, like Nolan Arenado, basically. I would still take Arenado. I mean, I, I personally, and and I've been in that field for a long time. Being an actor and being like a super famous actor, like my level of fame is perfect because I'll go on the subway and people will just look at me for a long time and like <laughs> look at me angrily. I think I have I ever told this story on the show where it took me like two years to figure out why everyone looked pissed off at me on the subway. Have I have I told this? It's, it's, were you a jerk, to Sarah Jessica Parker? No, no, uh, no, no. I was I would I would sit on her the subway. Right. Her not at all. No, I was lovely. It was a, no, no. Watch the show. Not at all. I, I'm sitting on the subway, and for years, and this is before masks, right? I've been on the subway. I haven't been on the subway since COVID started. People would sit across from me and look at me like I pissed them off, right? So I got to the point where I'd be getting on the subway a little paranoid, like I'd just be like try to keep my head down and like I don't want to piss anybody off. So then there's this guy sitting across from me one day, and he looks like he's gonna kick my ass, like straight up, and I'm like, all right, man. You want to go? If I have to defend, I will go. I'm not small. Let's, you know, we got to play. We'll play. And so, like, I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. And I'm, like, looking at my phone. And then he stands up and walks towards me. I'm like, all right, here we go. And he says, excuse me, 
I, I can't place you. Do I know you from somewhere? And I went, oh, that's what it is. Everyone gets the like pissed off face when they're really thinking hard trying to figure out where they know me from. <laughs> You know, all right, tell her, that, where, where do you know you from? Were you like uh, George Washington, Marty Decker? Uh, I said, I don't know, man. I grew up in Long Beach, Long Island. No, man, I don't, I don't No, no, I don't do that. Unless somebody says, are you this guy from the show? Otherwise, I'm going to say, nah, I just got one of those faces. I don't want to, I don't really, what's the upside? There's no upside. It's just. The yeah, upside is you made that you. guy's day and he's like, oh my God, I loved you as George Washington. This is If amazing. that guy comes over to me and says, I love you as George Washington, I'll have a conversation with him about it. But yeah, otherwise, but I don't. Wig on. I mean, no, like, you, know you know what's the worst part? You know what's the worst part? I learned this early. You say, uh, they say, do you know you're an actor? And then you start saying what you're on. They're like, nah, I didn't see that. Nah, I didn't see that. <laughs> and then you feel like you're like, well, you know, I mean, did you see me on this? I mean, maybe you caught this episode of the, you know, and then it's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, all good. Nice to see you. I, you know, I just look like a guy you went to high school with. That's typically what I, what I say. Say, so I grew up in Long Beach, Long Island. Where'd you grow up? Uh, River Edge, New Jersey. Okay. Anyway, so that's, that's my, that's my little thing on Sheldon Noise. Man, I was sort of excited about Sheldon Noise when DVR was talking about him about a month ago, being on the A's with a lot of places opening up and like, hey, maybe he's going to get some time. I do have him stashed in one league with Robert Mershak. Oh. But then when he got traded to the Dodgers, I was just like, I mean, and even before Turner came came back, I was just sort of like, you know, is he going to play over Gavin Lux ever? Like if he does, we got a real problem with Gavin Lux. But I, there's no upside for me on Sheldon Noise at this point. I'm sorry to say. So that's what I would say to our fine listener. Who and thank you so much for sending in your question. I think there's a little bit of a. He points this out in the email. You know, could, could he be like a Muncie or Kike or Chris Taylor, like a guy they acquire doesn't really have a spot, but then he's actually pretty skilled. So once the opportunity arises he becomes at least temporarily useful. I think he's kind of like that. And I don't know if he's going to get the full spot, though. Right. That's my point. I mean, well, if, I, I think he's a Kike guy... replacement. I don't I don't think he's the next Muncie. I think based right, on their but, depth chart anyway, that's how it right, is but likely so, to play but that's, out. But to be honest, that's my question then, right? I mean, if you're going to play three days a week or four days a week, I don't want you. I don't want you to be playing three, four days a week. I need the at-bats. I need the counting stats. I need all those things. And to me, Noisy does not have... Any upside? I mean, yeah, sure. There are Chris Taylor seasons where what Taylor came up that first year playing with the Dodgers ended up playing every day. I just don't think Noisy is going to be that guy. So for me, there's no upside there. Yeah, for now, I think he's NL only rather than yeah, mixed dynasty. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say he's one of those guys I don't even like. You know, when you're going down your draft list, I, I just don't even stop and think about him because his well, you know, some of those guys with like that nebulous role and you don't know what he like. Just you like you just said, he's Enrique Hernandez, and for me, that's. He's not going to steal a role. He's like forever destined to platoon or utility. I think Kiki Hernandez might play this year in Boston. I'm curious to see what happens. If I think it's Christian Arroyo. But I could be wrong. Yeah, but you know what? It's Poor Ron Renicki's not there anymore, and it seemed like he was the guy who gave Christian Arroyo the shot. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Do you think Kike, am I crazy on that Kike possibility there, Devere, that he might get more playing time than we've ever seen him have? Yeah, it's possible. I think a lot depends on how ready they think Jeter Downs is this year. That'd be interesting. Yep. Another fair point. But they signed they had, him to a three-year deal, too. Man. Ugh, Why do they have Marwin they? and Kike on the same roster? I know flexibility is good. But That's it. He's uh, dead to me. Kike's gone. Done. Done. I should have caught that. Yeah. All right. What's next? What's next, Nando? Uh, next, Ian, why don't you take the next question from Josh from the coast? Okay. Hi, guys. I'll save this superlative, but no, I love you all madly and deeply. Wow. Thank you. 
I play in a daily points league with an auction. I'm curious how I can best use the results of high stake drafts to help in my draft prep. Also, and maybe this for an auction strategy pod, which DVR did with uh, R.L. Cohen, which I listened to so I could work on my R.L. Cohen impression. I've, it's a lot of R.L. Cohen on the show. He needs his own sound. I find I it hard R. L. to translate. you dodging him with this impression, by the way. Uh, and yeah, he says that. But then when I when I tweeted him right before and I said, hey, do you want me to do the impression? He's like, if you think it's good. Um, there it is, everybody. No, that wasn't it. I, I really actually have. <laughs> that actually, I actually, yes, that literally was it. You just no, did no, it. No, no, no. All right. Maybe I should just do it now. Just get it over with here. I, what I, do you I do mean it. that wasn't it? No. It's our mega auction strategy podcast. Join us with guest Derek Van Riper from The Athletic. Pitchers and catches are upon us. That's debatable between an auction strategy or a draft strategy. You sound like um, Larry David's cousin from Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, <laughs> I did a movie with him. Uh, oh, God, what's he played my dad? I know exactly who you mean. Well, that that's, I don't know. I, that's my arrow. He Conan. looks like the father from Wonder Years, right? That looks like the same guy. It's our mega auction strategy podcast. Join us with guest Derek Van Riper from The Athletic. That's it. That's that's that's, that's like a fifty percent Ariel Cohen and a fifty percent Professor Frank from The Simpsons. That's okay, pretty good. All right, I, I you know I'll, I think it's a tough voice to do. It is. It, he's got a he he comes at the end and he drops at the end of his sentences. So it's our mega auction, and he has a little like sales pitch in it too. He's like, don't forget to miss our big mega auction strategy podcast, and then he'll go real low. So he'll start high and then he'll go real low. Join us with guest DVR, Derek Van Riper, and then he'll he'll do an odd kind of pop at a certain point on a word and on a syllable from The Athletic. And then he'll go down at the end of a sentence. He's genius, very smart, great player. Beat me last year. Very close. But beat me last year. He's the defending champion. And I well, tipped my ass He scouted you. <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't think that's why. Um but uh, but anyway, so it's the R.O. that you should put in. It's the R.O. Cohen uh, podcast. Uh, and he did, you know, he did put the idea. He did bring the idea to me in September saying, I think you should do this. And and I really thought about it. And I said, I think he's right. And I am going to do it. So I'm excited for that. Uh, so sorry, I can't get off topic. Uh, I'll say the superlatives uh, talk. I find it hard to translate talk about snake drafts to my auction strategy. Any advice on how to find the signal from the noise? Josh, thanks. Josh from the coast. Derek, you spoke to this directly on Ariel and Reuven's podcast, Beat the Shift, which I can highly recommend. Uh, do you have any, you want to share what you said? Yeah. So this is something that I have done before. And I think uh, Ariel was the one talking about it on the podcast episode. But you could take the auction results from your league from the previous year. Just take all the values and sort them in a spreadsheet, highest to lowest. And you can put those values in a column next to the current high stakes ADP. And that will still give you a really good, basic, one-to-one -one sort of idea of what players from the draft segment of the world in 2021 are going to cost in an auction. Now, a points league, you get to be a little more careful with a points league just because if, you, yep. if your points league gets really far away from rotisserie scoring, some are pretty good at staying close, some are so unique that it doesn't translate well, that's where things get a little bit messy. But I think you can take past auction results, kind of figure out what the values did, drop them in next to current ADP, and you've got something of a guide. And they do actually have on the high stakes ADP report for the NFBC, if you hit the second drop down from the left, it defaults to all drafts. There is an auction option in there. There is average auction values. 
Cool. And they've had only about a half dozen auctions so far. A lot of the NFBC auctions happen closer to opening day. But that also gives you a snapshot of, of what's going on in those rooms as well. Sweet. Anything right. else? Any more? Oh, can I, can I, Nando, can I do my DVR when DVR says something great? Yeah, let's do it. Well, you're the one with the hard out. So uh, take as much time as you need. Thank you, sir. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I said when DVR says something genius, we should come up with something. And uh, some listeners sent some stuff. And, uh, and there's one I like a lot. Um, I, I like them all and I appreciate them all. And thank you again for sending. So uh, I think when DVR says, this is Patrick Ryan. I think when DVR says something so great, you guys should press record on that or rewind that. He definitely has some gems. So we should say, press record on that or rewind that. Okay. That's decent. I like it. Uh, when DVR nails something, call it a VDR. Very damn right. That was Matt Young. I like that. I like it. Uh, now, this next one is from Steve G. Uh, first thing I thought of was DVR is dynamite in J.J. Walker style. But this is the one I really like from Miz. Uh, when DVR says something great, set your DVR on that one and binge watch on draft day. Boom. <laughs> I like that because <laughs> it brings in, you know what I mean? It brings in the DV. Okay. Anyway, I think you get it. But I really like that one. Are you going to say that every time? DVR makes a good point. Yeah. Set your DVR on that one and binge it on draft day, baby. I'll throw a baby in at the end and just give it a little. And uh, yeah. And, and, and listen, if you didn't like the R.L. Cohen uh, impression, my apologies. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still working on it. I, I will get it down at some point and I'll, I'll really bring it out next time I do beat the shift. Oh, do you want us to cut that part out? Is it you going to demand that? No, or is it cool if it stays in. No, 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 it's fine. That's fine. I think it's a lot of it takes a lot of vocal range because your your best impressions that we've heard are De Niro and Christopher Walken and Gary Marshall, and Ariel doesn't sound like those people. So no, you you've got to go a long way to get that voice right. Uh, I got a good tweet too, by the way, that came in yesterday that involves Ryland Bannon, so I have to mention it. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mac on Twitter uh, sent a, a picture of a green refractor autograph of uh, Ryland Bannon that he must have bought after you recommended him on an episode of Under the Radar. <laughs> and truly, like, merging two of our shows together, he's got a bottle of Consecration, a good beer from Russian River Brewing Company out in California, propping it up. So, uh, <laughs> shout out awesome. to Mac for for loving the shows and and being as like locked in on our collective psyche as you could possibly be. Cheers! That is cheers amazing. to that. Uh, all right, we got to wrap this up. Uh, we hope this show was informative and helpful. We're I mean, look, we're like a month away from yeah. uh, hot super and heavy exciting, time. and yeah, we hope is... it was fun. Listen, we hope it was fun. We hope right. you guys, when you come listen to our show, you get some good information. But most importantly, we're hoping you're having a good time hanging out with us because it really is. You're hanging out with the three guys who who get along really well and who enjoy each other's company. And we get to share it with you guys, which we're very grateful for. So thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And uh, remember, you know, if you, if you happen upon it, give uh, give fantasy. What is it? Uh, Futures Focus? It's Prospects 1500. Yes. Futures Focus, the number 12 seed in the Acuna region. Give him a vote. Help him out. Give him a listen, too. Yeah, give him a listen. All right. I'm sorry. You're making me sound like an evil person by not saying also give him a listen. Okay. Sorry. Well, it's fine. Don't give worry. Him a, give him a vote. Give him a listen. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening. Uh, we were, it's, it's, it's fantasy season, baby. Let's go. This is no longer an off-season podcast. We're here. We're ready. Get hype. For the guy who will probably respond to any email sent to fantasypods at theathletic.com. That guy right back. I will. I generally will answer all of those emails. I don't answer spam because I, you know, I think I've become smart enough not to do that. 
For the future producer of Superplexing, starring Yoan Mankata, Ian Khan. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Go in, go in, go in. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Good talk. Bye.